Aloha! Welcome to the Hale o Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, continues teaching about God's unconditional love for us as expressed in Luke 15. Wherever we are, we can choose to return to our loving Father, and He will greet us with open arms. So, going back to my thought here, His loving kindness and His confessions are renewed every morning. He doesn't wake up and say, okay, Look at that guy, Danny. Yesterday, he just messed up. What am I going to do with him today? Am I going to love him? Or am am I going to give up on him? No, his compassions, his loving kindness are renewed every morning. He doesn't change. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. You may think that I change, but I change not. My love my compassion, my loving kindness will never cease. Endures forever. His loving kindness endures forever. God is love. And he cannot not be himself. Are you guys getting this? If his love and his, if his compassionate his loving kindness endures forever. He doesn't look like, oh my God. Look at these people. What am I going to do with them? I'm going to love them. That's my nature. That's who I am. Do they deserve it? No. But I cannot help myself but love them. But they messed up. Yeah, but I love them. I created them. They are my creation. You don't, you cannot not love. I mean, we have the parents here and the kids are not here, right? You don't stop loving your kids. They may mess up, disobey you, But you go like, okay, every morning you go, okay, we're going to try again. How many times do you teach your kid? A thousand times. But you just love them. And if we are like that, can you imagine the Lord? I want this word this morning here. We're going to have to work, okay? Are you guys ready to work? It's been like something brewing in my heart this whole week. I want the Lord to speak to you this morning. Are you guys with me here? I want this to be not another word. We don't need another word. We need an experience. And I think that we, we've been looking for a real experience with the love of God. And it's not something that we don't know with our minds, that we don't believe. But we think that a lot of times we 
we don't deserve it. And that's right. We don't. But he is love. And he is looking to have this with, with us. He, he's looking for a relationship. We always heard this from the founder of our churches, John Robert Stevens. The kingdom of God is relationships. I don't know where to start. Are you guys okay with that? But let's go to Jeremiah really quick. Jeremiah 3. What a, a cool thing to think about is we're reading the Gospels, the parables, right? We're going to read a parable this morning. The wind of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Maybe it's like the Acts 2. I'm looking for that day where the wind is going to come and whew, we're going to be changed. Again. So what is cool about the parables in the New Testament is that you think that they are unique to the New Testament, right? But Jesus, he was doing what every rabbi did on his time. He was teaching the scriptures using his stories. And, and he was like trying to get to people that a lot of times did not know how to read. But they heard the word. They heard the teachings. They heard the commandments. But they needed something that they could apply in their lives. Right? Yeah. But what, what was he trying to teach them? He was trying to teach them the word of God. The scriptures. The Torah. Right? And the prophets. So let's read the prophets here. Jeremiah 3. Okay, yeah, verse 12. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look upon you in anger, for I am gracious, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. What was Jeremiah saying? He was prophesying to the northern tribes of Israel that because of their idolatry, they had been taken captive. They had been sent far, far away in a distant land. But he was telling Jeremiah, go, bring them a message. Return. Return to me. Repent of your idolatry. Repent of going after other gods. Repent of your disobedience. Repent of forsaking me. Sin is the breaking up of the relationship. Sin is not what we do wrong or right according to religion. Okay? Otherwise, we would all be lost. Sin is when we think it's too late. <laughs> and there's no hope. Only acknowledge your iniquity. That you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your favors to strangers. Are you guys okay with this? Return, O faithless sons, declares the Lord. For I am a master to you. And I will take you from a city and to 
from my family. And I will bring you to Zion. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Who will feed you and on knowledge and understanding. God was like, it doesn't matter if you have been taken away to a distant land. I'm going to keep sending messengers to you. Until you hear the word and you return to me. And I want this word, this word to be like a messenger. It doesn't matter where you are. If you think you're far, far away in a distant land. When I say that, I, I think about that movie, uh, Shrek. Far, far away. <laughs> are you guys with me here? So do you think now, after all of this introduction, that God has to make a, a new decision about you every day? Good. At least we took a step already. Right? So I, I ha you have to be convinced that when he sent Jesus Christ, right, to die for you, he didn't regret that. And that if, if he did that, it's taken care of. Oh, but uh, what about this? And what about return to me? You know, we, make, we love to make things complicated, especially theologians. You know, and we all, you have to do this, and you have to kneel, and you have to pray, and you have to be so dedicated, and God is going like, Forget it. Just walk away. Repentance is come home. Come home. Okay? So we're going to work with this parable. That I, I, I love this parable. I, I brought words of this one already. It's Jesus is speaking to the crowd. Do you want to know who the crowd was? Okay. Luke 15, you have to read verse 1 and 2 to understand who he was talking to. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Okay? Tax collectors is like what? Yeah, corruption. I mean, they worked for Rome. Right? They worked for the emperor, for the oppressor. So they, they were taking taxes from Israel to send to Rome. So they, well, how loved do you think that they were, right? Especially by the Jews. I mean, so maybe some of them were Jews, but they were like working for the system. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Are you guys getting the picture here? So, in, in our day and age here, I would say, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was gathering people around him, and the religious people were looking. What is this guy doing? Talking to sinners. Talking to those that oppress us. Right? 
So, but then he tells the story of, uh, what is it? First is a hundred sheep, you know that one. One is lost, he goes out and saves that sheep. And like, and then a lost coin, a drachma, right? And he searches and looks for that. And then he tells a third parable about two sons, a father with two sons. And one is the prodigal son. Prodigal son, I, I looked at the, the, the meaning of prodigal. It's somebody that just doesn't care about anything. Kind of like wasteful. I'm going to do what I want. But it is interesting that what I want us to do here this morning is don't assume a role in this story. Don't take one, just one hat. Take all the hats. Okay? They're the older son and the younger son. And I think that I, I, I look at this and I, I see myself as both. Because I, a lot of times I see myself as someone that's, you know, kind of the, the Pharisees, the scribes, right? I've been walking with God. I'm Charlotte University. I'm reading and I'm becoming this, you know, scholar. Forget it. No, and then a lot of more times, I am more like the sinner. <laughs> Sneaking out the back door so nobody sees me. God, I need you. Right? So I, I, I wear both hats. So can I read this to you? The prodigal son, Luke 15, 11, he said, a man had two sons. Jesus was trying to teach people what the scriptures were talking about. The scriptures are always talking about God looking for a relationship with a people. Right? The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. This is harsh. In other words, this son was saying, Father, I don't really care about you. Just give me something. Give me some gifts. Give me some financial blessing. Give me some healings. Give me, give me the solution of my problems. Are you guys getting this? I don't need you. I just need what you have. I don't want to be with you. I just need something from you. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he, the father, divided his wealth between them. 
detail here. He didn't just give to the younger son his share. He divided his wealth between them. Everybody got something. We all have something. We all have received something. We all are heirs of God in Jesus Christ, right? And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his state with loose living. He did anything, everything. He did what he wanted. He received the blessings, the gifts, the healings, everything. And he just walked in in all of that and he wasted all of that without a relationship with the Father. In a distant, distant land, like the Israelites when they were taken captive. And God was sending the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, return. Hosea, Malachi, all the prophets were messengers. They were the voice of God speaking to the people. He is ready to receive you back. Just return. It doesn't matter where you think you are this morning. Just return. Are you guys getting this? I could work on this word here for the next three months, I think. Because there is so much that we need to get this in this one here. Now, verse 14. When he had spent everything. When you're low, rock bottom, right? Who sometimes feels like you're like rock bottom? Like, you, you did everything you could. You tried everything. All the resources that you thought you had, you used. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe <laughs> famine <laughs> occurred in that country. It just gets better, right? <laughs> and you, you look, you, when you think that nothing could be worse, get worse in your life, right? He's like, okay, I'm done. I have nothing else. And then the whole country loses everything. Everything, everything that, everybody that could even be a help to you, they also don't have anything left. Right? (laughs) I love it. And he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. Remember, Jesus was a Jew speaking to a Jewish crowd. And this young boy was in a distant country, probably a Gentile nation. Different culture, different everything, right? So he went and hired hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. A Jewish boy working with pigs. Right? It just gets better. (laughs) 
and better. Son, not only you wasted everything, all your inheritance, everything that you received from me, the whole country where you are is going down the tubes. And now you're going to feed swine, pigs, without having what to eat. And he couldn't eat, even eat the pigs, right? <laughs> Just one piglet. <laughs> and he would be, have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. Right? Are you guys putting yourself in this picture here? When, when he came to his senses, in another translation, when he returned to his senses, when he realized where, how far he had gone, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? Do you sometimes feel like you're going hungry? You know, but I think that he realized that now he was realizing that what the cause of his hunger was not, not having things. He was coming back to his senses of what he had done in his relationship with his father. How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. He was already defining and again trying to tell his father what to do. Father, first, give me what you have. Now, this is who I am. This is how you're going to relate to me. Oh, the arrogance of our mind, right? So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Isn't that awesome? I think that we need this morning to take a step. Take a step. By faith. Say, I'm going to return to my father. And then, this, these are the, the verbs, the actions. His father saw him, felt compassion for him, ran and embraced him and kissed him. The father did not have to decide at that moment what he was going to do with his son. Every day, his compassions are made new. Every day, his love 
His grace are made new. He doesn't have to wake up, okay. It's hard to pick an example. I'm going to use myself again. Okay, what am I going to do with Danny? He ran away yesterday, really messed up, you know, had a, a tough week. You know, he may have said something that, you know, we're not cool. You know, but there I see him coming back to me again. What am I going to do? Are you guys put, putting your name in the blanks there? I want this to have some impact on us. Otherwise, it's just talk, 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 talk. I don't want any more talk. I want to walk. His father saw him. Your father sees you right now, and he feels compassion, and he runs, and he embraces, and he kisses. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Then it's not there. You know, it's verse 21 and a half. The father said, shut up. Stop with all your religion. Stop with all your excuses. Shut up. Putting all of this above and beyond my love for you. And the power of my forgiveness. And the power of my acceptance. Stop with that long talk, 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 talk again. Just receive it. I just saw you. I ran, I embraced, I kissed you. Are you guys doing okay with this? Yeah. This is what, what I'm saying. You know, I could take this like for three months. Well, I'm trying to put everything because there's so much that we could be stopping each verse here and be analyzed. I mean, we're not even talking about the older brother. Right? What a jerk. <laughs> he didn't do anything to help. He didn't go after his brother. He didn't try to get into a relationship with his father. Right? Wait to see the level of the older brother. And the older brother, what was Jesus talking to here? He was talking to the, remember what I read here? Both the Pharisees and scribes. What are we Christians doing as the older brothers? When we see somebody run away and get in trouble. Okay. But the father said to his son, shut up. And then he said to the slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The best robe. We're going to have a party. Everybody, stop what you're doing. We're going to have a party here. Put a ring on his hand 
Do you know what ring means? It's the signature of the father. It's the authority. You can make deals. You can buy and sell with a ring. Here, I'm giving you your sonship back. You are the heir again. And sandals on his feet, and, and bring the fattened calf, kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been bound. And they began to celebrate. Now we get to the fun part, the older brother. <laughs> now his older brother, his older son, was in the field. So dedicated, taking care of the business of the family, right? Doing everything right. He was a Mr. Little Wright, right? Wright Jr. <laughs> and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. Did he go into the house? No. He stayed outside. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, Your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older brother became angry. You see? That's why I called him a jerk. And was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. Have you ever seen somebody being blessed that you think that they don't deserve? And then you just put that pouting face? And you just, that's not fair. You know, if I had done that, God would be dealing with me. Right? And the father had to go out and plead with him again. But he answered and said to his father, look. <laughs> for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. I'm so obedient. I'm so righteous in myself. And yes, you have never given me a young goat. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to verse 12. So he divided his wealth between them. He received everything that the other son had received. But he never realized what he had received. And one of the questions that I'm asking myself this whole week is, do I realize what I have received? Or am I like the older brother? Going like, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this other thing, but I have never received anything. And yeah, you'll never give me a young goat. 
Not even, not to mention the fattened calf, right? A little baby goat, come on. So ungrateful. So that I might celebrate with my friends. He doesn't even include about it. So that we could have some time together. Right? But when this son of yours came, it's not even my brother. I don't even re- relate to him either. When this sinner, when this guy comes, this son of yours <laughs> comes who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that's mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. I don't want to be somebody that will see others being blessed and then get angry without realizing what I already have, the blessings that I already have, the opportunities that I already have, like the older son. I'm not going to read it. But you can read it later. Matthew 25, 29. Lord, give us a heart of worshipers. Give us a heart of hunger for a relationship with you. A heart of awareness. Because if we're not aware, it doesn't matter how much we have. We're always looking for something else. And a lot of times, you know what we do you know, parents do that, right? Sometimes you just take some of the toys and you hide them. And then when they get bored of the other toys, then you bring those out. And, oh, I forgot about this. And maybe I think that the father sometimes he does that. Oh, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide this from you. I'm going to hide this from you. And how you, because you're not even thankful what you have. But this is yours. It's just in this storage. But you come back to me and you ask for that. And it's yours. There's a, another fun parable. Is it okay if I read another one? Matthew 21, 28. This is a, a short one. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in in the vineyard. And he said, I will not. Why don't you do this? No, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I will not. But afterward, he regretted, and he and went. The man came to the second and said the same thing, and he answered, I will, sir. 
Little Wright Jr. Right? I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the Father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. Wow, right? Wow. I need to go back here again. Look where this was happening. Do you realize that there was no church still? This is before the day of Pentecost, right? So it was just Jesus and the disciples and those following him. Where? Verse 23. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? He was teaching at the temple. He was one of the many teachers, rabbis. There was no Christianity. He was one of the leaders and teachers of Israel. It's always good to remember that. Because it, it is part of our human nature to divide. You know, and what he was trying to teach here is like, it doesn't matter if you think you're righteous and you're doing everything right, you have to have the same heart of compassion and love for those that are not. Don't be like the older brother. Love your younger brother. Because even if sometimes they say that they will not do it, they can change and do it. And don't just talk, walk. <laughs> Open your heart to a visitation of the Lord and say, Lord, I know you love me. Instead of concentrating on trying to love God, just let him love you. It's weird because we try to love God doing things. Right? If I love God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I can be like the older brother. I'm doing this, doing this, but not in a relationship. Don't do things that are not in a relationship. Appropriate the love of the Lord. Instead of concentrating on trying to love God, just let him love you. Appropriate the blessing of the, from the Lord. Drink of it until you are completely intoxicated with it. My younger brother was going through that experience. All he had to do is show up at the end of the street. When he fought, the father saw him, he didn't have to walk by himself anymore. The father ran to him. Take a first step. We're going to do something with this word. Take a first step and say, Lord, I return to you this morning. I return to you. Because I trust that your love for me is not a question every morning. Is God going to love me today or not? Oh, see? <laughs> if you measure your service to God by what you can give him, it will never be enough. 
Even after you have done everything right, you're still an unprofitable servant. According to the Lord's word in Luke 17.10, even when you strive to serve Him with all your heart and try to do your very best, your very best is not good enough. God is not looking for someone to do His work for Him as much as He's looking for someone to love. Man, don't you wish this would just uh, really like be written in the tablets of our hearts? The whole problem that was happening with this whole scenario that Jesus was teaching these parables is that I'm not judging the Pharisees because thank God for them. Thank God for the Jews. Because we have the word from God. And we cannot judge, right? The speckle in your brother's eyes when you have a log. <laughs> right? The whole point is, I read this from Dalai Lama this week. The whole point of religion is to control yourself, not to criticize others. Right? I think it was like a very insightful perspective. You know, religion is for you, not for others. Not to control, to criticize others. God is not looking for someone to do His work for Him as much as looking for someone to love. Do you ever feel that you do not love the Lord enough? Yep. I swear, in yourself, you're not capable of loving Him enough. 1 John 4, 19 pinpoints the solution. We love Him because He first loved us. Who loves the Lord the most? The one who has been drinking in His love the most. That younger son had to make a decision. Even if he could not see himself as deserving to be a son, he knew his father's heart. And he said, I can go in and just work for him. But at one point he had to open up and receive the love. I mean, he had to receive and allow the father to kill the fattened calf, put a robe, a ring, sandals, the whole thing. God does not want you to love him with human love because that always breaks down. The same kind of quality of love that he gives, divine love, is what he wants back from you. We can only love him with his love. Let's read Hosea 6. Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, but He will heal us. He has wounded us, but He will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day, that we may live before Him. So let us know 
Let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and He will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. The whole point here this morning is return to Him. Let's return to Him. So I... Yesterday, when I, I, I started like trying to put the puzzles together, I came back to this book. It's called The Parables, Jewish Tradition and Christian Interpretation. So it's this guy that is like, like a scholar, a researcher, and he is going through all the Jewish writings and comparing the parables that we have in the Gospels with the parables of all the other Jewish rabbis. And just saying, hey, the New Testament is kind of a Jewish writing. The Gospels are like one of the rabbis' writings, right? So he reads this story, this another parable. Oh, there's so much here that I, I read last night. That's so awesome. If a person will make the first step toward God, well, God will help to complete the return. Just take the first step. You know, can you imagine? Let's, like, elaborate on this story. The young son was there, and he had no money. No food. How would he return home? How did he make home? How sick was he? How weak? How dressed? <laughs> we don't know. If a person will make the first step toward God, God will help to complete the return. The parable has many similarities with the text from this other book, but seems to be derived from another source. A son has run away to a far country. Right? The same context. He needs his father's help to return home. The parable dramatizes the experience of repentance for the listener. The divine love and compassion for the person who has gone astray is evident. This parable is called The Compassionate Father and His Runaway Son. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. Hosea 14.2 The matter may be compared to the son of a king who was far away from his father. A hundred days journey. A hundred days journey means money. Right? Carrying food, carrying water, surviving the dangers. His friend said to him, return to your father. He replied, I'm not able. I can't. I cannot afford. I don't have the means. I don't have the strength. I don't have the, the, the courage to start this way back. His father sent him another message. Jeremiah, Isaiah, 
Malachi, Hosea, Jesus Christ. Return. Return to the Father. And then, hopefully, like we read in Jeremiah, shepherds after his own heart, saying, return. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your limitations. Return. His father sent him a message. Come as far as you are able, according to your own strength, and I will come to you the rest of the way. Thus, the Holy One, blessed be, his, be he, said, Return to me, and I will return to you. According to the concept of repentance as taught by the Israel's sages, if a person will do what he or she can in his or her strength to start the journey home, God will respond and provide all the help that's needed. Are you guys receiving this? We just need to trust and return home. We are lost. We are far away. A lot of times we are hiding. We are hiding from ourselves. And the point is like, just take the first step. Return to your first love. Right? I could read that. I, I read in Revelation 2. I know your deeds. I know your faithfulness. I know your endurance. I know all of this. But return. Return to the relationship. God will respond and provide all the help that's needed. He will give more strength to help the person complete his or her return home. I need to finish, but I just need to finish with this one last thing here. Is this blessing anybody here? I bless this for us. God, He is the judge. But He is also the attorney. And He's the one that bails us out <laughs> every time. It doesn't matter. All we need to do is show up before the judge and say, Jesus, come with me. Let's talk to the judge. I need help again. Let's talk to the judge. But I know the judge, you know, his compassion is never ending. In a congregation, there may be some who want to cry. I want to cry. While others want to laugh, I want to laugh more. Some may want to repent every day. Some may want to rejoice always. Some, someone else may want to give thanks while others may want to cry aloud and spare not, crying the judgments of God in the earth. Amen. But there has to be that which recognizes that God has a thousand faces. Some of those faces you want to hide from. 
Some of those faces draw you. Some of those faces smile upon you. And some of those faces stop you from smiling on yourself. But all of it is designed for you to know that God accepts you with the condition that he's going to change you into his own image. He accepts us. And he loves us. And he forgives us. Just like a normal, natural parent do. But you're not going to just allow that to continue. Right? You want to see that kid grow and learn. With the condition that he's going to change you into his own image. And he accepts you so that he can change you into his own image. Romans 8, 29 and 30. As you stand here, knowing that worship can be the greatest arena of transformation that you have ever experienced in your life. Do you know what the problem is? We don't like change. And we don't like discipline. And I'm going to close with this one, okay? Hebrews 12, 9 and 10. Four. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. The problem is that when something is wrong, and you run into a dead alley, and everything dries up, you take that as a rejection. You say, oh yeah, I knew it. I messed up so bad that this time God left me. He forsook me. And I know I'm disciplining you. I may be disciplining you. Or you may be just walking in the consequences of your choices. You know, the father was not even trying to hold his son back. He was not trying to get him back. The father was just allowing him to walk and live the consequences of his decisions. But he, he never left and never gave up on his son. And he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you're not real children, and you're not sons. Thank God. Thank God for the discipline. Thank God for these moments when God makes you stop smiling. That means that He still cares about me. Still means that I have a chance. 
All I need to do is take a first step back. Furthermore, we had earthly, earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the fathers of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. That's how God wants this relationship to work. He accepts you with the condition to change you. He accepts you to bring you to the point where you're going to share His holiness. I love this so much. I bless this. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet, to those who have been trained by it, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness. Lord, not our own righteousness, but your righteousness being worked up up in us. Don't you think it's going to be fun to talk about the older brother some other time? I can't wait. You know, so much that this guy wrote about the older brother here. How much he should be a mediator. How much both of them were the same. Both of them lacked the relationship with the father. Both of them lacked the relationship between each other. So, I love this because to me this is like the, the richness of the Word of God. That in, in a few verses, so much comes alive every time. And then now it's like, holy moly, there's so much more. Because the Word of God is living. But I, ha- I need to have the eyes to see. I need to have the ears to hear. I need to have a heart willing to be changed, to be touched. Yes. And I don't want the Word ever to stop being alive for us. Yes. That we hear the Word, and we hear the Word, and we hear the messages of the Lord, and say, no, I cannot return. There's nothing else I can do. And I'm saying, Lord, wake us up. Wake us up because you you did not die for us to have a limited life. You did not die for us for us to be living as slaves. Far away from you. Far away from relationship. Or living close to you based on our own righteousness. In our own dedication. Our own, I am here. I've been here. Where is the life? Where is the joy of walking with you? That's what I want in this house. I repent. And I just take one step. May this word be a word from the Lord for us this morning. That we hear your cry. We hear your message. And we return to you. Let's stand up. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.